Welcome to Around the Table. Over the next year or so, we'll be regularly considering the recently adopted guiding principles for our church, taking them one by one. Today, we examine Principle A and reflect on the foundation and motivation provided by Jesus' love for us. In Paul's instruction to Timothy, he tells us, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And that's in 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. My name is Nick Gutwine from our West Lafayette congregation, and I'm excited to help kick off this series of podcast episodes on our church's recently published guiding principles. As reflected in Paul's instructions to Timothy, these principles are grounded on the Bible, and our prayer is that they help us navigate our walk with and in Jesus Christ. Joining me today are two brothers from different parts of the country. It would be great if if you could introduce yourselves. Let's start with you, Brent. Sure. Greetings. This is Brent Walder. I uh, serve in the ministry here in Rockville, Connecticut, and have been involved in providing some support along the way through the development of the uh, principles, and uh, look forward to sharing a little bit today. Thank you. Arlen? Yeah, greetings. Uh, Arlen Miller here, serving in the ministry in the Gridley congregation, and likewise have been asked to offer some support along the way um, for this uh, vision effort um, of the church, and excited to, to share a little bit about guiding principles today. Uh, thank you, brothers, for that introduction, and it's uh, nice to work with you on this. Uh, just going back, the elder body formed a committee over two years ago to develop the purpose, vision, and these guiding principles. And you two were involved with them in this process. Can you give our listeners just some background on how the work transpired? Sure, Nick. Glad to do that. The elders put together a group um, really focused on developing and clarifying a vision for our church. And there's been a podcast in the past that kind of articulated the genesis of that, but really out of a desire to articulate who we are and where we're going uh, in a way that was compelling and really reflected the heart of the church. And part of it was a discovery of what is underneath and, and, and the real heart of the church. And part of it was aspirational of who do we want to become. And so uh, those elders worked really for two or three years, uh, engaged lots of congregations through focus groups, and really did a wonderful job of uh, pulling these together and crystallizing them down to what what I think is a beautiful essence of both who we've been and who we desire to be uh, as a church family. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Brent. This is an effort to come back and say, who are we at our core, and how does that affect and influence how we live and act as a church family and as a church body in our desire to glorify God and live out His Word? Before we get on to uh, talking on this episode, we're going to focus on the, the first principle, But before we get there, I just thought it might be helpful to put in context where these guiding principles fit with the purpose, vision, uh, and mission of our church. And so I just share kind of a maybe a a framework. The purpose is speaks to why we exist. Uh, The vision is our intended future, Uh, and foundational to all this is our beliefs or our statement of faith, which articulates what we believe. The four pillar mission is what we do. 
And so these guiding principles uh, are designed to reflect how we would live out our faith in day-to-day walk of life and decision-making and as we, as we navigate through this life together. So with that, um, it's, it's kind of an exciting time to be able to share these with our church and, and, and hopefully what we can do with this is to apply them. Before I get on to the first one, though, brothers, anything you'd want to add to that? Yeah, Brother Nick, I think just it really was God-given and timely, I think, as we navigate the next few years as we're coming, hopefully, out of uh, into a post-COVID world and how our church operates together and functions effectively. I think that the vision, purpose, mission, and uh, guiding principles really give us a, a, a very useful, practical, and impactful framework to help navigate many of those decisions. One of the beautiful things about these is uh, one of the inputs was really looking back across the course of our heritage and even in further back to the early church. The, the first couple of principles really articulate what's been timeless and, and springs right out of Scripture and really in times past and in times forward will we'll stand firm and really uh, give us clarity in how to live out our, our vision and purpose. There, to me, is a difference between uh, giving someone a list of things to do and don't and uh, principles that require us to look into the Scripture, to counsel with other brothers and sisters, to, to think through matters and apply the Word and, and learn that way as we walk our life with Christ and grow more like Christ. And so I was, I'm really encouraged by what this can do for us if we put it into practice and use. So there are nine of the guiding principles, and in today's episode, we will share thoughts on the first principle, which states that Jesus Christ's love for us is the foundation and motivation for everything we do. I'll repeat that. Jesus Christ's love for us is the foundation and motivation for everything we do. And as we let that settle just a bit, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is this is a lofty pursuit. So can you speak to the aspirational aspect of this? Brent, why don't you go ahead? What I really love about this principle is it, it talks about the foundation and it talks about the motivation. And they're, they're kind of two different things. If I think of a foundation, it kind of it grounds us, it holds us firm. And when we're grounded in Jesus' love for us, we're not moved by a lot of other things. It, it, it becomes our source of value as individuals, our identity, our citizenship, it's our hope, it's all wrapped up. In, in Jesus' love for us. And then the motivational side of it, you know, we, could, we, we probably should spend a little bit of time on this. There's so many different things that typically can motivate us. And what's unique about this is it's something we already have that then motivates us, which is just a really beautiful way to be motivated. Yeah, Brother Brent, I really appreciate that. And, you know, the scripture that comes to mind is that we love, in First John 4, he says, we love him because he first loved us. And we kind of rest upon that promise. And throughout the scriptures, you can see that example of where God, to the Israelite people, and then Jesus to his church, wants to kind of huddle us under his wings, right? His love that he has for us is that foundation, and then it should drive our motivations. And you, you think about the motivations we can have, you know, good motivations that drive our behavior, things like love for others or a desire to serve others or to sacrifice for others. You know, that's very different than sometimes those improper motivations we can have where we are motivated by fear or by worry or by selfishness or a desire to have control of a situation. This one really challenges me to examine my heart. 
And I think that speaks to a little bit of, of what's behind this um, principle here that we're talking about. Yeah, uh, spot on, brothers. I, I think that's really insightful, and I think it makes it personal for us. I, I mean, I look at I look at being motivated by gratitude for the for the love that's been shown to us by Jesus, which was you know just epitomized by God sending him here, uh, him willing to die for us on the cross, sacrifice and shed his blood, uh, and rise again on our behalf. It's the love that was demonstrated to us that gives us the foundation, the motivation in life. And so it's encouraging. And I, and I would just say, I appreciate the competing uh, motivations that we all face in our life. And if we look back, I can say for me that it's, it's a, a matter of selfishness that has competed. Um, self-promotion, self-pleasure, self-whatever that might motivate me. And uh, it, it's, it's still a work in process. And I'm thankful for that. I think you're right, Brother Nick. Um, most of us deal with that, right? For myself, the same thing, right? This selfishness, maybe a desire for approval by others. Um, even in things that we do that are good, we can have motivations creep in. And I guess for myself, part of what I try to do is acknowledge that I- I'm going to feel those things and those are going to come to my mind but how do I make those all far secondary, right? And ultimately, what do I really want to be motivated by? It's by Jesus Christ's love. And there's a little subtle thing in here. Jesus' love for us. It's, it's his love for me. And really drinking that in and letting that be the reservoir that I'm drawing from. But also then, it's his love for everyone and having that also motivate me. So when I'm at the end of my rope or I'm... I'm frustrated or weary with a particular whatever situation I'm dealing with in life to remember Jesus loves me and this other person and and how do I draw from that just that extra measure of strength that I don't have in myself it was amazing as we watched the process unfold this principle seemed to emerge very clearly and very early in the process it really was a hallmark I think across the thousands of members of the apostolic church that were interviewed and heard and 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 thoughts were shared the fact that Jesus's love for us is that foundation and motivation that's what we want to be identified as. That's what's driven us as a denomination over over centuries of history now, is just that this is at the core. And as you said, Brother Brent, it really speaks back to the to the very early church. And you see how they, they interacted and lived their lives because of that appreciation and love they felt from Jesus himself. Um, and I hope that we never forget that or lose that as our foundation. I think, Brother Arlen, one of the, I guess, a personal experience I had in being part of that process is... I think from my own, um, where, where I kind of came from in thinking about God and faith in my own heart, I don't know that I was really motivated sufficiently by Jesus' love. It was a lot of other things coming in the mix, and not that it wasn't there, but just an encouragement to our listeners to really process through this and think about it and let it grow inside of us. It's It's what Jesus desires for us, and to really just grasp the full depth of his love, and then as he talks about us being branches of that vine, tapping into that and, and letting that just become the, the lifeblood of the way we live our life. It's, it's, uh, it's just a, a beautiful, abundant life, as the Lord says. I really, I couldn't agree more with that comment, Brent. You know, yeah, it's a battle lifetime, but the more 
we look into the word and the more we feel and see the love of Jesus and God, the breadth and depth of that, uh, the more motivating that is. There's subpoints underneath each of these these principles that emerged um, through the process there. And the first subpoint speaks to our primary identity being that of a child of God through Jesus Christ and is manifested in all aspects of our earthly walk. And so that aspect of identity, which we've which we've touched on already, but how important that is to our life, right? If if I if I um, think about all the different identities I have um, in my life, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a minister, I'm an employee, I'm a teacher, you know, all these different things I do, you know, is that primary identity of being a child of God, if, if I let that be my primary identity, it has a huge impact about how I live my life. That's really powerful. I would confess for me too, I really relate to that, Brother Arlen, in the sense that if our identity is hinged to something other than being a child of God, it's dangerous. If my identity is my my position at my work and my career, then those things are going to be what makes me feel valued. Likewise, even I would say as an as an elder or a minister in our church, if that is our identity, it's dangerous because I think it takes away the glory from God when we just call ourselves children of God brothers and sisters among brothers and sisters, uh, we recognize who we are in the face of God, and we bring the glory to Him. It's beautifully said, Brother Nick. I think it leads us right into the second teaching point as well, uh, which reads that we are citizens and ambassadors of His eternal kingdom, as evidenced by His Holy Spirit dwelling within us and guiding our lives. You know, in Corinthians, we read about that, right, that we are ambassadors for Christ. And there's a, there's a reference in the Gospel of John it says that Jesus was sent by God to, to fulfill his mission. And then at the end, it, Jesus sends the apostles out. He breathes on them the Holy Spirit. And he says, even as, as he has sent me, I send you into the world. It's a, it's a calling of a vocation. It's a calling of a responsibility that we have to be sent as ambassadors, that we are the representatives of Christ to the world. And when I have that loving foundational relationship with he with him who has sent me it, it gives me a, a strength and a desire to really want to live that out in my daily interactions you know that that really is uh, a nice perfect lead into the third teaching point uh, on this guiding principle which is we are ready to suffer on behalf of christ we recognize many believers are persecuted and are called to know the fellowship of his sufferings when those disciples and the apostles were sent out their their willingness to sacrifice and to suffer for uh, their Savior and the love they had for him was manifested by they were all martyred, maybe with the exception of John. And you saw what Paul went through and had joy. They had joy in their persecution because of the motivation behind it being the love of their Savior and their God. And so it's beautiful. Brothers, I would like to know if you have some examples of applying this principle in our walk of life. You, you know, Brother Nick, uh, one thing I think about, especially with that last sub-teaching point about just entering into the fellowship of the sufferings of others or just appreciating the sufferings and persecution that frankly takes place around the world, I think we walk through life and we can get very myopic, very, very focused on ourselves, right? And we can only see just a little bit beyond us. And everything, you know, that's affecting us can be a really big deal. And, and it is. I mean, there's, there's hard things we all walk through. 
But when I can have an appreciation for a bigger perspective and, and have an awareness of, you know, in this context of how Christ's believers are suffering around the world and, and, and different things are going on around the world, it takes the focus off myself and it, and it puts it on Christ and on others. And that's always a healthy spot um, for me to be in. Helpful. That's helpful. Brent, do you have thoughts to share on this one? Sure. I think inherent in this principle of Jesus' love being the motivation for what I do, sometimes that can be hard to connect up to our workplace or, or our profession or our daily interactions in our house or wherever we find ourselves each day. And part of what this speaks to me is out of a love, and what did Jesus do when he loved? He gave, he served. And to view my role and all my different little identities, I guess, if you want to say of life, as really being to serve others and making that just really practical in, in little ways, I think is um, helped me to have a, a different mindset that makes so I don't, I don't just feel like I'm going about my day disconnected from this principle, right? But it actually is in little interactions all day long, I can embody this um, or I have opportunity to embody it and, uh, and can strive towards that. You know, Brother Brent, as you said that, you know, my mind went to parenting, and it's it's made me rethink my parenting style. What can sometimes be a little bit too, um, you know, follow the rules and daddy won't complain versus let's talk about why we're doing what we're doing and um, how that drives our behavior. All securely rooted in this knowledge that daddy loves you, right? That love is that foundation um, that we have and confidence in. I think that's a really important piece for me to remember. Yeah, I mean, really for what bo- both of you said, it's it's so important to think that these things can become intellectual or uh, for lack of a better word, academic when we read the principles, but what you're sharing is how they affect your living. And I think this is what the design is. And I, I can share a personal experience with me in this regard. I had a situation where someone very close to me was was greatly offended by someone. This has been decades ago. And I withheld true forgiveness, pure forgiveness from that person for decades. And I justified it in my mind. But what that was, was a motivation of either pride or harboring bitterness and not wanting to see someone maybe be released from something. And I'm ashamed in a way to say that, but I'm also would say that what changed me was the the incredible example of Jesus's love for us that is consistent through the scripture and forgiveness is such an offshoot of that. And so I was put in a position not too long ago to be able to express my love and forgiveness to the person. It was one of the most humbling and gratifying thing that has ever happened. It released something from me. And the joy I experienced, I can't even describe it. And my hope is that I will continue to to embrace what he's given us and use that love from him to, to truly serve, as you say, and to share it with others. It's beautifully expressed, Brother Nick, and the blessing comes back to us, as you just described, and you know, the listeners can't see your face as you're, as you're talking through your experience, but as you described that, I could see the love you experienced even offering that forgiveness and, and 
when you align yourself with the principle that Jesus put out for you, it brings a healing power, and and that's what the Lord offers to each one of us. Really appreciate that, and it just speaks back to that principle, right? That Jesus is Christ's love. His desire for us is that love to be the foundation and motivation to drive all of our behavior, everything we do. Um, the obedience we have to his commandments born out of that love is really is really powerful. We're probably going on a little long here, but I, I do want to share it as we reflect on the events of the last year. And, you know, it was, it was as everyone knows, um, it's, it's overwhelmed us with the COVID-19, the racial tensions, uh, the election and the politicization of, of the Christian world. It's really amazing in our local church in West Lafayette, we, before all this happened, we're, we're on going through the book of John, right through, right through, uh, the, the tension in our church that was felt by different perspectives and experiences that I think we've all felt during this time. We were in the middle of what I would say was Jesus's private ministry to his disciples, John 13 to 17. And, um, something happened. We started to open up and share perspectives and we saw what Jesus did through that time. That's where he washed the feet of his disciples. He called out, he called out Judas uh, that would betray him. He called out Peter who would deny him. He told the disciples they would scatter from him. Yet throughout all that, his love never wavered. I really believe that that scripture and the spirits work behind it and around it help to change and bring our church together and realize that these things that we have that are differences, that we're experiencing differently and, and looking at each other as, you know, um, at one end or the other or one side or the other just gets muddied away and thrown out when you think about the magnitude of his love for us and what he did for us. It takes you up to a level that says, this isn't even my world. This isn't me. This is who I'm part of. And then you feel the love of the brotherhood. And I, I'm not saying we're saying we're all there at all, but it's moved us closer together, I think. And we continue to pray that that'll happen. But it came, I really believe, from the word of God and from his spirit working in us. And by humbly coming to him and, and, and immersing ourselves in the word, we are able then, I think, to uh, experience the a foundation and a motivation that's based on his love for us. It's a powerful example. I think it's exactly how we want these principles to work. They spring out of scriptures and they lift us up and they give us clarity in how to relate to each other um, and to the things around us uh, in a way that honors God. And I think one of the things that I've been challenged personally, and we're all probably a different place on the spectrum, but when I think about Jesus Christ's love being the motivation for everything we do, that encompasses so much, and it encompasses being merciful and forgiving, as you described. And for some people, that's natural. Like they're just like that. And others of us, that's really hard. It also encompasses bringing truth and helping us see how we need to grow. And Jesus did that in those examples you just described to Peter, um, to different ones. And for some of us, that's hard. It's 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 hard to to bring truth to ourselves or anyone else. And, and if we're, we're, we're each of us at different times in our lives in a place where we can help somebody see themselves more clearly through the light of the word, Jesus did that out of love as his motivation, not to make himself feel good, 
um, to lift up someone. As I reflect upon myself in the last year, when I have felt stabilized by realizing Christ's love for me being my foundation, it gives me a confidence, it gives me a security, it gives me a safety that, that drives away fear and worry and, and drives me away from selfish behavior um, towards others. And so I love this imagery of just that foundation resting in, this, in the security of Christ's love for me. So, Brother Nick, as we kind of uh, come to a close here, where do we, as you've listened to this discussion, where do we go from here? How do we, how do we really think about this principle as we apply it to our lives? Just leading those listening with the simple thought that what do you do from here? How do you move forward in this? And I think it just comes down to Jesus and turning to Jesus and immersing in his love. It is so profound throughout the scriptures. Uh, It is our lifeblood. Whether you are seeking Jesus as your savior or you're in Christ, the key is to just rest and immerse in his love. It's a beautiful thing. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your interest and also welcome your comments. To share your feedback or episode ideas, go to the settings menu in AC Central, select user feedback, and when the webpage opens, click the feedback on Around the Table link. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.